Hello and welcome back to the European show. Um, it's been a very interesting week of football um, and we're going to look back at it as well as looking ahead to the Champions League games. Um, to join me in doing so, as always, is Nick. So welcome back, Nick. Hello, hello. How are you doing, Jack? Terribly. Um, <laughs> and that's, and we'll find out why. It's obviously, we'll start with the Bundesliga. Um, the battle of the Borussias, um, obviously the previous game ended 1-0 to Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, they got the one-up over Marco Rosa. Um, it was a tight affair that game. This time around, complete opposite. Borussia Dortmund won 6-0. <laughs> um, dismantling and, and thrashing Borussia Mönchengladbach. It doesn't help that they've only the last time they won a game, albeit it was fairly recently, was against Augsburg. But before that, it's been pretty dismal, drawing with Bielefeld, losing to Union Berlin, losing to Leverkusen, beating Bayern. But that's um, casual now if you're Borussia Mönchengladbach. If you're Borussia Mönchengladbach, but there is something glaringly wrong. We've spoken about this before at Gladbach, so in the space of three months, they've lost 6-0 twice, which no team should be doing. Obviously, they previously lost 6-0 to Freiburg. And of course, if you add on, if you add on other terrible results, such as their 4-0 against um, Bayern Leverkusen, and then uh, their 4-1 against uh, Köln and Leipzig, <laughs> then you really have a team that is looking not competitive at all. There are, I've said this before and I'll say it again, the only positive of this season has been the games against Bayern. The rest of the time, they've they've been quite poor defensively. Um, obviously, it doesn't help that off the pitch, the club is in a mess as well, with Max Abel leaving. And it really makes you think, why is Adi Hutter still around? Obviously, it was understandable when Max Abel was in charge because he was like, Hutter will carry on from Rosa, but it doesn't help that Rosa left the team in a in a decline and plummet, um, and it's just continued since. And if they're unable to get anything in order this summer, then I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if we see another team like Schalke with Gladbach fighting at the bottom of the table next season because. They have no, shown no signs of positivity. And the only games that they have have been against teams around them, such as Augsburg. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't help that the next... Well, the next few games are against teams around them in Wolfsburg, Stuttgart, Hertha Berlin, Bochum. It, it, you would expect these results to be quite... Or they're glad back to relief, help themselves in some way. But with the way they've been performing, I, I highly, highly doubt it. But for, on the other hand, for Dortmund, it does show how hot and cold they are as a team. The fact that they're nearly out of the Europa League <laughs> as they got beaten by Rangers on, on Thursday 4-2. Um, and then they now do this against a team who normally is fighting alongside them. Yeah, well, I mean, it's something we've seen from Dortmund all the time. They can do well 
in some games because they have quality players, but they none of they have no individual consistency except in except now with Haaland, but he's currently injured, so you take that out of the equation, and you have the team with a bunch of players who can perform well on their good days and are rubbish on their bad days, and sometimes this is just a mess. Some people are playing good, some people are playing bad. And you kind of get like a neutral performance. Sometimes everybody lines up and plays terribly. And sometimes, <laughs> like against Gladbach, everything just goes right. All the players are on top of their game just by pure coincidence. And their opponents get destroyed. For the standout players, Marco Rosa. Um, he had a great game against Union Berlin. And he's, he's done it again against Gladbach. He's his former team as well. Um, scoring twice and bagging three assists. What didn't make sense though was... Royce was obviously on a hat trick, um, but Emre Chan took the penalty to Dortmund one right at the end of the game, um, which doesn't really make any sense. Um, but for Gladbach, it Jan Sommer, who has probably been their standout player this season, was terrible, which is not something you want. They're your best player, who's coincidentally a goalie, having one of his his bad games at a, at a poor time as well. Um, obviously, it will be interesting to see one if Dortmund can, if Dortmund can continue this this streak and beat Rangers on Thursday and beat Rangers in a manner that sees them into the next round of the Europa League. And it'd just be interesting to see if, come a few weeks' time, Gladbach are actually any better than they than they are, especially with them playing relegation rivals um, to put it lightly um, in the coming weeks Bayern Munich obviously last weekend they had their scare against Bochum uh, losing 4-2 so obviously you expect a, a rebound against the worst team in the league in Furter and they obviously did winning 4-1 however they did have a brief scare when Branimir Hergota coincidentally ex Borussia Gladbach um, scored just before half time for Furter to go in 1 0 up, and it looked like lightning struck twice against Bayern with them potentially dropping points again. Um, however, Robert Lewandowski basically did it himself again, turned it around, he scored twice. He's now on track, he's, he's got the same amount of goals this season as he did last season. Um, obviously, last season he broke the record while also getting injured. Um, he he he's on track to break his own record, which is quite mental to think, really. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, if he scores one goal in each of the coming matches, he will break it. Uh, chances are, if he keeps up this pace, he is going to score more than that. But obviously, last time we didn't expect him to get injured. So, but um, but but obviously, if he doesn't he will almost certainly break his own record and then hopefully hopefully his fitness will respect him and we'll be able to see another amazing performance. The other goals was an own goal and Eric Maxim Chipper-Moting scored right at the, the death. Um, Leipzig beat Hertha Berlin 6-1. Another masterclass from Christopher Nkunku. Um, it's every weekend now that I mention Nkunku and I imagine it's going to continue to be that way. But for Hertha, on the other hand, it's similar to Gladbach, they're just downhill. Hertha are kind of a bit of a joke, and, and like Gladbach, because Hertha have all this money, 
being thrown at them um, but they're unable to do anything productive with this money and I've mentioned it before in the past how Hertha Berlin have everything in place to become a good club and to become a solid team um, and they obviously have the financial resources to do so but there is somewhere within that hierarchy that someone is unable to properly manage a football club and that is obviously being shown on the pitch ironically enough they should become a lot more like Hoffenheim who despite all the hate they get the owner they have they are a very well run club and they do their transfer business very well and they're a mod it's the type of team that Hertha Berlin should really base themselves off and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Hoffenheim challenging even further up the table than they are already um, next season and probably most exciting game of this weekend in the Bundesliga was between Mainz and Leverkusen on Friday night it's obviously fun competitive wise as Mainz won 3-2 what's interesting was Leverkusen looked set to win as they did take a they were took a lead through Patrick Schick and Lucas Alario. However, Mainz were able to mount a comeback and um, drew level in the 84th minute, only to go ahead and, and win it in the 88th minute, which also shows how similar to Dortmund, how Leverkusen they play this nice football, this attacking football. They do have an issue with the defending, and they are constantly finding themselves in these high scoring games which obviously if you're a neutral is, is perfect to watch um, but obviously if you want Leverkusen to progress and do well um, this is obviously something that shouldn't really be happening but for Mainz it's interesting to see their complete turnaround as a team as just over a year ago they were just above Schalke in the relegation zone and it just looked, they looked destined to be relegated However, uh, Bo Svensson comes in and he's completely changed the team around. They're now 8th in the table, only a few points off the European places. Whereas obviously Schalke, as we know, are in the Zweite Bundesliga. Um, so it's just in, it, it's interesting to, and how there is quite a very similar team um, to what they are to what they were last season. And the turn turnaround just shows what a good manager um could do for a team and finally Stuttgart they're probably <laughs> obviously last season they were probably one of the most exciting teams to watch um, but it's gone downhill for them they've they've been so unlucky they are probably the unluckiest team in the league when it comes to injuries and Covid obviously see last last season um, tore his ACL against Bayern and missed the rest of the season and then he had to obviously recuperate into this season. He then proceeds to get COVID, missing more time out. And then he has now dislocated his shoulder, which means he will miss the rest of the season again. Sasaka Lajic has struggled to get back into the team through injury. And so automatically your two best players are are out through constant injury. And it doesn't help that they lost Nico Gonzalez in, in the summer. Um... And it's on the pitch as well that they're highly unlucky. They play Bochum. They were winning 1-0. They then proceed to concede in the 94th minute um, to draw the game. And those, it's it getting quite 
Stuttgart in a similar position to well, in a worse position to Borussia Mönchengladbach. They they've they found that they've slipped into the relegation places and they're three points off seventeenth. Um which if you said this time last year you probably would have thought how because they are they are they're not a team that should be down this low but obviously stuff off the pitch has clearly hindered them um so now we're gonna have a break and then we'll be back with syria and la liga Welcome back from our from our break. Uh, we're now going to look at Syria. So, the biggest game was the Turin derby between Juventus and Torino. Uh, we saw Juventus take the lead through Matthias De Ligt. Um, however, Andrea Belotti equalised, and obviously Juventus and Torino shared the points. Um, it, Juventus probably could have won the game if it wasn't for Bremer, the Torino defender, pulling in a bit of a, a defensive masterclass, really, for Torino. Um, but it does see somehow Juventus have ended up in the top four. Yeah, uh, we did not see Vlahovic score, unfortunately. Uh, I'm actually surprised Jack didn't jump on the, on the opportunity to slander him. But uh, but that's good because that doesn't mean that I have to stick my neck out to defend him. So I'm saving I'm, sa- <laughs> I'm saving my slander for later on. Um, <laughs> obviously, Juventus are in action in the Champions League in midweek against Villarreal. Um, obviously, Juventus are not the most consistent of teams this season, whereas Villarreal have been building consistency. So can we potentially see a bit of a, an upset? Obviously, last year. Juventus were knocked out by Porto, um, so it's entirely possible once again. Yeah, absolutely. Juventus is shaky, and they do not look fit to perform uh, on the biggest of stages. However, they did whoop Tuchel's Chelsea pretty hard in the group stage, so they do have some surprises in them. Mm. Yeah, speaking of surprises, where did Inter's lead go? Oh, Inter, obviously, last, last weekend, Inter lost a lead. Um, they've now solidified the fact that they've lost the lead as they lost 2-0 to, to Swallow. Um, there were goals from Raspidari and, and Sukumaka, who are probably two of the most um, highly rated Italian young players. Um, they both scored for Swallow, and it was just a game where nothing for Inter Milan seemed to go in. And it doesn't help that the Swallow goalie um, had a great game as well. Um pulling in a bit of a masterclass but due to other results now with Inter Milan with AC Milan drawing with Salernitana um, 2-2 Napoli now have the chance to go top as they play on the night we're recording this against Cagliari um, so we are well in the depth of a title race now in Italy we did mention that Inter is kind of uh, replicating AC Milan's run from last year start off extremely strong, build up a massive lead uh, by the halfway point, and then just completely fumble it. Um, now it's uncertain whether they will completely lose the title from here on out, but it, it, it's just interesting to see these parallels between these two rival teams. I think I think 
what we're seeing here is the impact of the manager. Um, yes, Inter Milan play good football, and um, doing Zaghi, but I think it's off the pitch and the mentality which may be impacted them. Obviously, and it, with Conte, you have a bit of a someone who's on crack really, and a serial winner who will push his players to the absolute edge for them to win. Whereas obviously Inzaghi hasn't really won anything. So he's not really... He can't really push his, the players the same way. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Uh, Conte certainly knows how to uh, get a team on its feet and then keep it there. Meanwhile, Inzaghi doesn't have, as you said, that winning mentality. He probably isn't as good as motivating the players and pushing them. And maybe there's a little bit less trust or less less willingness to follow. But but that but that's just an assumption that I can't definitely prove. Um, but yeah, I I definitely agree that this is now where we begin to see the loss of of their of Antonio Conte at Inter Milan. Yeah, because obviously on the pitch and especially f from now until or from the start of the season to now, we haven't really seen the loss of the players like Hakimi, Lukaku and Conte. But I think as we get into the crunch time of the season, we're now going to potentially see Inter slightly fall off in a way um, as they kind of lose the mental edge. And what's interesting is AC Milan, if they're able to maintain it because obviously last season they slipped off because they're a relatively unexperienced side and quite a young side so it'd be interesting if the same thing happens again or if they've learnt from their mistake um, of last season so now we're going to look at La Liga yep it was uh, it was a day of big wins in La Liga well a weekend of big wins uh, first of all we saw um, Real Madrid beat Alaves 3-0 it was what, we, what we've what we grown accustomed to this season a masterclass uh, of both Benzema and Vinicius Jr they're so on point this season just whatever they just combined really really well Vinicius scored with, with an assist from Benzema then Benzema slotted in the penalty um, but yeah together, together these two are just sourcing up the league w without a shadow of a doubt um Vinicius' football has improved a lot and that's obviously the main reason for, for why this works so much better. Uh, we also saw Asensio score an absolute wonder goal which makes us think will he will he be back at his best? In a, a few weeks ago uh, I did compliment him on, on how he has recovered his form shall we say but I did caution that he is uh, just he sometimes he just flashes out some some just good form for three four five weeks and then dies out becomes bland again gets injured and then he comes back and restarts the whole cycle and now it's been quite a while since then so it looks very very promising uh essentially has been been very good these last few weeks and today he he culminated um hopefully the the, the breaking the, the breaking of this pattern that we've been seeing and maybe now he'll finally solidify into the consistent just elite player that he was always touted to be. Then moving on to to the other big wins, uh, Atletico beat Osasuna three 0 It was a completely different team to what we've been seeing in these last few weeks. Focused, uh, more solid, just just more creative in attack. 
we saw Joao Felix back on the starting lineup, and honestly, the, once again, I don't understand why he was on the bench these last few games. He made his impact immediately. Like, just the team played so much better right from the off, and then he even scored three minutes in, then gave an assist uh, shortly after halftime. I just do not understand why he was not playing the earlier games. It was actually ridiculous. Uh, and he just, he just brought a whole bunch of life to the team. Uh, but speaking of life of the team, the heart of the team, Angel Correa scored once again today. He's in an outrageous form. Uh, he's playing absolutely his best football and I just love watching him. He's not the most technically gifted uh, or the most tactically on point. But he just plays with so much energy and determination that just no one stops him. It's amazing. Um, then Granada lost 4-1 to Villarreal. Uh, this isn't as significant in the title race, granted, but it was still a, a pretty big margin. Granada just got smashed from the start. Arnaud Kronveld uh, scored two very quick goals right before halftime, a penalty and then a header. Um, but just one in the 35th minute, one in the 39th very quickly. Granada recovered with a penalty. Uh, and then Kronveld um, completed his hat-trick with another penalty in the 81st minute. Finally, the scoreline was rounded off by Moy Gomez in the literally last seconds of the game with an assist by Chukweze, who after injury is really just picking up pace again. He had a great performance against Real, against Real Madrid a while back and and now he's, he's really showing that he can provide meaningful things to, to the team again. Then, uh, on Sunday, Barcelona smacked Valencia 4-1. We saw a stellar Aubameyang. We, we kind of questioned the signing for Barcelona. We, we said he w was basically invisible in his first few debut games. Fair enough, he was new to the league and, and everything, he was just adapting. And well, maybe it's, it's him turning on, or maybe just that like he really likes scoring against Valencia, considering he has seven goals in his last four games against them. Most of them from European competitions, of course. Well, all of them from European competitions, except for the hat-trick he scored today. Uh, he, he had a great game. He was, as, as per always, sharp eye for goal. Good finishing. He scored first in the 23rd minute. Then Frankie de Jong added a contribution to the scoreline uh, 10 minutes later. Then Aubameyang scored once again a bit before halftime at 38 minutes. Carlos Soler managed to pull one back but it, it was ruled out by VAR. However, he did get his prize again uh, after the restart 52 minutes into the game. That didn't really do much because they were already losing quite badly. Uh, and then Aubameyang closed his hat-trick around the 60-minute mark. Pedri is worth noting here. He had been struggling since returning from injury, not really putting down great performances. And he had just been generally quite weak and seeming a bit disoriented on the pitch. Today that completely changed. He was back to his stellar self. Uh, even though he only played the last half hour of the game, he gave the assist to, to Bamiyang's last goal. And he was just focused, playing very well, good passes. It, it just looking back to his old self, which is great to watch. Uh, and then finally, the last impressive, impressive game in the Liga, the, the Basque Derby. Athletic Club smacked the Real Sociedad 4-0. The two are right next to each other on the table now. Athletic Club is one point behind Real Sociedad. Uh, this is one of the biggest, biggest, biggest games in Spain. And we always like talking about it. 
and I guess at the club just were just had something to say considering that this around this time last year they lost the final of the Copa del Rey against uh, Real Sociedad quite badly after playing just horrendously. Today they were like, actually let's take the game and switch it around. Real Sociedad had no say in the game, um, despite having marginally more possession. It was really quite even. Just they were steamrolled in, in terms of in terms of where each team had possession. Athletic Club was essentially in in Sociedad's box the entire time. It was just shot, 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 just just in pressure the whole time. Uh, the the game actually started out as I said. Um, the, the the it began even, but uh, the chance to unbalance it came with Munyain's, uh penalty, which he missed in. Uh, 13 minutes into the game this would have given Athletic Club uh, a lead a very helpful lead but turns out they didn't actually need that help because with 20 minutes left of the game they were like you know what we're actually just going to completely just bollocks this poor goalkeeper 68th minute uh, Danny Vivian scores 72nd minute Oihan Sunset scores 80th minute and Yaki William finally scores a league goal 89th minute Iker Munyain scores it, it just I, I, I mean a, a game that was like sure Athletic was creating more danger but but like even in terms of possession it just ended up with an embarrassing scoreline for Sociedad who who will absolutely hate seeing themselves completely battered by by their local rivals it must have been really quite embarrassing um, for any for any, anybody in San Sebastian so yeah that's all yeah that's what I'd say about La Liga so in the Champions League, Atletico Madrid play Manchester United. Obviously, both teams have not been that good this season. But both teams suck and have had good games this weekend, which is interesting. Yeah, so it will be interesting to see how these teams play and how it all how it all pans out, really. But I probably imagine Atletico Madrid will win. Manchester United are too bad, regardless of the fact of Ronaldo. I think it's interesting because because easily Atleti's big, biggest weaknesses has been lateral crosses. Um, sure, Aaron Wan-Bissaka can't cross for the life of him, so the right side's gonna be fine. But 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 in general, just uh, w- w- watch Atleti consider a, a right-sided cross in the game. Whatever. My 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 point was, um, Atleti really can't defend crosses that come in from the side at all. Even against Osasuna, where they completely destroyed in terms of the scoreline, the little danger that Osasuna created was their crosses, especially to the left side. Manu Sanchez is a great left back who has a great crossing ability. And really, I think uh, Man United, if they can exploit that. And, you know, Ronaldo has been in bad form by his standards in in the last few months. But at the end of the day, you give him an aerial ball, uncontested, he just jumps it up. It's basically a goal. And Atleti is not good at conceding uh, high balls, aerial balls. So I think that uh, it's more of a coin toss than, than one might think. So now we're going to have our break and then we'll be back with Liga.
Welcome back from our Goldstone break. We just heard the anti Anthony Modest song. So Nick, what do you rate it out of out of ten? It's amazing. It's really fun, and uh, it's just good good atmosphere. Nine out of ten is great. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. Liga, a place where Anthony Modest used to ply his trade. Um, <laughs> weekly PSG slander. It's always happening, and it's gonna happen again. Um, as this time it's valid. Neymar, uh, Messi and not the best player in the world, Mbappe, all started for PSG against Nantes. You would think this is the, the probably the best front three normally in the world. However, that's not the case. They lost quite convincingly 3-1 to Nantes in a hilarious turn of events, to be honest. Um, Neymar proceeded to miss a penalty. With it being saved by Alban Lafont, the penalty was terrible. It was actually one of the most embarrassing penalties I've seen. A, a, a world-class footballer take. World-class in quotation marks, of course. There was no sort of power on it whatsoever. Um, obviously, it, it was. It was like he was trying to do one of the Jorginho penalties. It was like he was trying to do a Jorginho penalty, but didn't really know how to do it, so it just looked very strange and did not. It just did not work. Neymar was able to score with an assist from Messi, um, but wasn't able to really do a lot apart from that. Um, obviously, Mbappe showing how he is not the best player in the world after one good game against Real Madrid. <laughs> um, Alban Lafont, however, got a 10 out of 10 by the keep, and he's the third goalie ever um, to get that mark, just showing the, the, state, the type of performance that he has put in. Um, this is obviously showing how, obviously, like Dortmund, PSG can go from good to bad. Obviously, they, they dominated Real Madrid last weekend. However, then they do this. It, it's interesting to see how basically slow and fragile their backline is. Because they, they dominated the game in terms of possession. They had over 70% uh, of the ball. But they were 3-0 down at half time. Like, c- come on. <laughs> How it, it literally just shows that, 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 that well, I mean, you, you anyone who saw the match, they just got battered by counterattacks. How can you be a professional team and have not score three just like that? I mean, one of them was a penalty, but the other two, like, come on, it's just ridiculous. How can you have such crazy domination in terms of like on paper and then just get completely smacked around? This is this this defeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the players did not perform, but it was entirely like largely due to Pochettino being a bad manager once again. We always talk about how he's unfit for PSG, and and we just saw a game which is just so tactically embarrassing. The only league on team in action in Europe or in the Champions League is Leo as they play Chelsea. Um, it will be interesting to see if they're able to continue this weirdly good run in the Champions League while they're performing terribly in the league and I think the, one of the best teams to come up against to do this was Chelsea who themselves can be quite inconsistent at times and so it'd be perfect for Lille to um, try and expose this and then finally the other Champions League game is between Benfica and Ajax obviously Ajax are probably can be one of the most promising teams to make it quite far in the Champions League is they have looked very, very good. Um, but obviously Benfica are no easy team to face. Certainly not. Um, 
Yes, yeah, certainly not. However, I Ajax are just Ajax, and I think they will just blow their opponents away. Um, so that is it for today. Um, thank you for listening. Please like, follow, subscribe, and whatever. Yeah, we'll be back on Thursday. Yep, thank you very much, and we will see you later. Goodbye.